Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. On today's show, we have a game to recap. We have a couple talking points that come out of that uh, game that have a lot to do with what we talked about in the last couple shows, especially regarding a, a certain center that the, the Lakers went out and got. Uh, KCP picked things up, so that was great to see as well. Uh, so we'll discuss what that might mean moving forward and uh, Ben McLemore's debut also took place. A ton of stuff to take out of this one. Let's start, though, with the game itself. The Lakers, uh, to their credit, really competed their asses off, I thought, in this game. Uh, they lose 110-104 to the Miami Heat, and obviously you would prefer to come out on top of that, especially given the situation and the uh, games that they have ahead of them. But staying in this one for as long as they did, and it was really only until about midway through the fourth quarter that the Lakers uh, really looked like they didn't they, they weren't going to be able to pull this one out. Uh, they made Miami work for this one. They, uh, they competed, which is all I am really asking for at this point as there are not only not only are they shorthanded, but you had the the interesting, uh, well, it was by the rules. So it's not, it's not even that it was a, a bad call or whatever. Uh, THT was suspended because he left the bench uh, while there was a skirmish on the court. Uh, Fred Van Fleet was also suspended a game, and there was another player who is a Toronto Raptor, and I just don't care. Uh, but there, there, were, there were players who broke that rule. The NBA focuses on that rule and, and, and uh, abides by it to the letter of the law. And so you had THT get suspended for wandering to midcourt while the person who started the whole damn thing, OG Ananobi, uh, escapes with a $20,000 fine. Make it make sense, man. Make it make sense. Uh, so anyway, the Lakers go into this one shorthanded, not only uh, obviously without LeBron, without AD, and without THT. They go into it also without uh, Kyle Kuzma, who has a sore calf muscle, and uh and Frank Vogel made the decision to uh, focus pretty solely, pretty heavily on on Andre Drummond at the uh, center position. So that took Marcus Saul out of the uh, rotation and really limited Montrez Harrell's minutes. He only plays twenty one. So there are your forty eight center minutes between Andre Drummond and Montrez Harrell. Uh, this is something I don't. We're going to get to the the center rotation. We're going to continue to discuss that uh, in the second segment. But but that was an interesting call to me, given how shorthanded everybody was, given uh, how few creators and distributors the Lakers had over the course of the game. I can't say I disagreed with Vogel on that one. Uh, but in terms of the guys who actually did play, I think we got to give our props to Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who shoots 11 three-pointers on the night. He made six, uh, but the 11 attempts to me is a huge breakthrough point for him. Now, how much of him shooting that many times had to do with uh, the confidence that came with the way that he was shooting the ball? Who's to say? But I'm I'm taking this as a ton of progress for a guy who... You know, if he isn't going to shoot, if he isn't going to attempt uh, three-point shots, then I don't really know what value he brings on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, he's the Lakers' best de- defender at the two spot, uh, but he needs to shoot, 
if he's going to be the the three and D guy, the three part is very important in the three and D equation. So that was great to see there. You also had the Ben McLemore uh, debut. He plays 17 minutes, uh, goes one of four from the from the floor, zero for three from three point range, four of four from the free throw line. Uh, which three of those attempts came on a three-point attempt, scores six points, and um, looked a little bigger than I thought he was going to be. Uh, he's just a little thicker, so I don't know if uh, because of the thing, the way things have been going in Houston, maybe his conditioning isn't quite where it needs to be. Uh, but yeah, I, I was kind of surprised at how bulky he looked out there. So look... Uh, the Lakers could honestly use some bulk at that position, so maybe it, it winds up working out for the better, but but that really took me by surprise how how big he looked out there. Um, beyond that, you know, Dennis Schroeder kind of struggled in this one. It's 10 points, 2 of 12 from the field. Uh, 14 assists is great. 7 turnovers is, is less great, and I thought that kind of sort of set a tone for how the Lakers were operating out there. They had a total of 24 turnovers in this one, uh, or 22 turnovers in this one, and uh, that's just too many for a team that is playing with such a small margin for for uh, margin of error. That's just too many turnovers, and it and it winds up biting the Lakers in the butt, and they drop a, an otherwise winnable game to Miami. So that was tough to see. All right, let's take a quick second here. When we come back, I'm going to discuss uh, some more of of this game, some more of the uh, center rotation, and then send you guys off into the weekend with. Uh, with with uh, wherever else this conversation goes. Today's show is brought to you in part by Built Bar. Head on over to builtbar.com, use that promo code locked on, and you will save 20% off your next order. Not your first, your next. So, however often you go to the website and you make a purchase, use that promo code locked on, and you're going to save 20% off. And you're saving 20% off on an incredible product. We've been working with these guys forever now. And it is a the kind of thing, the kind of partnership you're really proud of, not just because of the ability that we've been able to work together, but also because of how great the product itself is and how easy it is to sell. I've told my family about it, close friends back home, uh, friends that I've made out here. I personally use it almost every day, basically. I, I would probably say I'm closer to every day than anything else, any other way you could describe this thing. It's great for me because I'm always on the go, always have some errand to run or something to ride or something like that. Avery got into some kind of trash or something, so I have to clean up and don't have enough time to uh, eat a full meal. Built Bar is, is, has been great with that. I've lost weight since we've started working with them because it's a super healthy bar. Great flavors, great textures, just an all-around fantastic product. So one more time, head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code locked on to save 20% off your next order. BuiltBar.com, the best protein bar you'll ever eat. A couple of show notes before we continue to move on. One, it's a busy day of podcasting for me. Obviously, you guys are listening to this one. I'll be on Locked On NBA here in a bit. Uh, Adam and I record that after all of the games are over, so that's always a fun episode. I'm on Locked On today as well with Peter Bukowski. Uh, to discuss the state of the Lakers uh, in in um, in kind of a, a shortened fashion, and then last but not least, as you guys have been knowing or as have known for for a few weeks now, every Friday I hop on uh, the locker room app to 
talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about whenever we want to talk about it. So, uh, yeah, you can listen to all of those things, download that Locker Room app, and uh, follow me on there at Anthony Irwin LA, and uh, we can we can have our back and forth. It's been really fun so far. It's a really cool app. Find it everywhere that you get your apps on the iOS uh, app store. All right. Uh, I made a huge mistake, giant mistake, and I don't know if I'm going to live this down for the entirety of my career. We skipped out on the Orca factoids. Uh, the Lakers lost, so I gotta, you know, I gotta keep you guys posted on on everything that is to be known about the majestic creature that is uh, Orsinius Orca. I believe is the the genus species name. And uh, today's factoid, kind of wild, over the uh, over the Easter break, uh, or, or maybe a few weeks prior. About 70 to 75 orcas came together and took down a blue whale. And uh, so I was I was just kind of researching it just because like this is apparently one of my beats now. I was researching it, and it apparently isn't even the first time. The, the, the blue whale is the biggest animal to have ever existed, uh, bigger than dinosaurs. And, and uh, this giant group of orcas took it down, took like three, four hours, couldn't, can't imagine a worse way to go. Uh, but yeah, orcas capable of taking down the biggest creature that has ever existed. Shouts to the orca. All right, so uh, speaking of things, giant things getting taken down by swarming uh, smaller things, uh, Andre Drummond played last night, and I thought for the most part looked all right, significantly better, I think, than uh, his first game, especially after that toenail fell off. And it's hard to say at this point how much not having one of his big toenails uh, is impacting the way that he's still able to move. I thought I, you know, all of my optimism about him potentially still having some vertical athleticism uh, that has pretty much gone. That is completely dissipated at this point. He is not by any means a lob threat. He, uh, I'm not sure he has calf muscles is my thing. But I, I, I watched him play, and I thought he did some good things. I thought there were some stretches where you saw uh, why the Lakers probably shouldn't be relying on him too much. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought I thought for the most part it was a, it was a decent Andre Drummond game. He finishes the game, like I said earlier, twenty seven minutes, fifteen points, twelve boards, uh, three assists, two steals, really active hands. Um, he had three turnovers, which isn't ideal from a center. And five fouls, which kind of I can understand, uh, given the way that the Lakers are playing defense and and the lack of rhythm that he has on that end of the court. I think that's going to improve. He said after the game that he could feel himself kind of running into to players out there on the court because he's still trying to find his way. Must really suck for those other players because he's such a big dude. Uh, I and and that's kind of where I wanted to start though. Him being so big. It's really interesting to me. We've now seen him in two games, albeit against Giannis in one game and Jimmy Butler in the other, two extremely fearless competitors. But it really strikes me how undeterred players seem to be when he is standing at or near the basket uh, as the, the primary rim protector. You would think with somebody who that big that more people would be kind of reluctant to drive in on him, but I don't really notice that as much. Victor Oladipo put him on a poster. Um, 
you know, Goran Dragic had a big floater over him uh, later in the game that that he wound up that Drummond wound up goaltending on. But but yeah, I I I'm really kind of surprised when Dwight was under the basket. I felt that players respected the fact that Dwight was there because you knew kind of either you, he was going to block your shot, maybe you might score, or you were going to get hit, or some combination of those things. And that was uh, that was really interesting to watch Drummond, where I kind of wonder if he could benefit from taking a few hard fouls uh, just to, to remind some guys that, yeah, I'm, I'm a giant person down here. You shouldn't feel so comfortable attacking me at the rim. I think that, you know, especially now that he isn't jumping the way that he used to, I think that might help him a little bit. So uh, that's that's something to kind of keep in mind. Maybe that improves with his rhythm and all of that and as he gets his legs underneath him. But I was that, that, that really struck me as interesting. And then, you know, the other thing is Marcus Gasol doesn't play. And Montrezl Harrell only plays 21 minutes. And the problem with... Uh, Andre Drummond as your center is Harold can't play the four with Andre Drummond as your center. Like that, that's a combination that isn't going to work. There's no spacing there. Drummond isn't as isn't nearly good enough as a passer to make that combination work. And so those things that Marcus all brings to the table that allows you to be able to potentially play uh, Montrez Harrell, uh, that, those things disappear. <laughs> those things disappear uh, when you take uh, Gasol completely out of the rotation. Now, Frank Vogel has said that their priority right now is going to be to get uh, Andre Drummond as acclimated as possible, and um, what that might mean for a little while is that Marcus Gasol sees his rotation minutes completely go and fall by the wayside as they you get you know, cuz they aren't they aren't practicing they there's no time to practice and so normally over the course of a season you could maintain some normalcy with your rotation and still get a new player some reps but for the lakers right now they can't do that because they aren't practicing often enough and and so what that means is that Drummond has to get game reps and and those essentially become practice reps for him and and it throws a lot of things off i thought in this game in particular with THT not able to play, uh, that Marcus Gasol really would have been helpful just as another creator out there. But, you know, Frank Vogel, as he is uh, wont to do, it, he, he, his, his focus is on the end game here. His focus is on the long-term uh, abilities that the Lakers might be able to, to figure out. And, and I think that, you know, it cost them, I think, this game. I don't... Hard to say it cost them this this game because Miami is a better team, and the Lakers winning this would have been an uh, would have been an upset. But this felt winnable over the course of the game, and not having Marcus All out there uh, really limited what they're able to do offensively. And you see the Lakers finish with 104 points in those 22 turnovers, and and that kind of that kind of hurts you in, in in a game that. Maybe you look back on at the end of the year and you say, man, where, where were the winnable games that would have kept the Lakers up at the four or five seed and not down at the six seed or whatever? Uh, this this one might kind of kick you in the shins a little bit 
if if it comes back up. Hopefully it doesn't, but but I thought it was a interesting decision. It was something that I, I frankly disagree with uh, with Vogel on in in taking Marcus Hall completely out of rotation, and then also so severely limiting Montrez Harrell, who like where's your offense coming from? You know the Lakers were fortunate that KCP had a throwback game and he scored 28 points because otherwise you weren't getting your, your primary creators are guys who could go out there and get shots for themselves. It was Schroeder and that was about it. And so, so I, I would hope that moving forward at some point soon, we start to see Drummond playing a game and also Marcus Saul playing a game. This, this idea that it has to be one or the other. I, I usually get really sick of binary topics that, you know, we force on ourselves, but this is one that Vogel seems to be forcing on us. And I just don't think it has to be that. All right, let's take one more second here. When we come back, we will send you guys off into the weekend, uh, with a few more notes, notes from this game and a, and a look ahead at the weekend. That could be today's show is brought to you in part by bet online, head on over to bet online, use that promo code locked on for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine can also be found at uh, BetOnline.ag. And also the Twitter account, at BetOnline underscore AG. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best place to place all your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to betonline.ag, use that promo code locked on, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. Betonline.ag, promo code locked on. When you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you have a reliable source. More people trust Josh Lloyd, host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, than any other fantasy basketball podcast. Subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get podcasts. All right, so uh, we've discussed, I think, the center situation, and then yesterday's show ended on kind of a low note. But I, I do think there's reason for optimism on the horizon. And if you look at the schedule here, uh, you have the Lakers playing Brooklyn at Brooklyn Saturday. Probably going to be a loss. Then they go to New York and they play a team that isn't too dissimilar from this Miami team. So that could potentially be a win. And then you have a a uh, game against Charlotte in Charlotte. A game that the Lakers probably should win given how shorthanded the, uh, the Hornets currently are. And then, so you look at this. Over the time, since they lost LeBron, um, and they lost LeBron, I believe, Saturday, March 20th, uh, in, in at, or against Atlanta. So they lose four straight, then they win two, they lose, uh, then they split the next few, right? So they go, uh, they go four, seven, they are seven and, or no, I guess they are four and seven since they uh, lose LeBron to go with already obviously missing Anthony Davis. They lose uh, to Brooklyn. That puts him at 4-8. and eight. And then you look at uh, the New York and Charlotte games. If they win both of those, they are 6-8. and eight. And 
Pete and I, when LeBron originally went down, uh, Pete and I said that we would feel great, or, or, or we anticipated that they were going to win about 30, 40% of their games, um, which would be closer to, you know, a, a couple more losses. Six and eight is much better than I would have envisioned when the Lakers could potentially get Anthony Davis back. And that's, you know, uh, they, I guess they have a game at home against Boston and then they're eyeing April 17th, uh, as Anthony Davis's return. But even still, if they're six and eight, six and nine, nice, that's way better than I thought the Lakers were going to be over the course of this stretch. And Again, it's like I said yesterday, it's really easy to look at the situation as you're getting ready to embark on some tough times and say, man, four weeks is a long time. Six weeks is a long time. And then you get to the end of that stretch and you're like, you know what? That wasn't half bad. I remember when uh, when the, when the uh, frost set in out here, it was like I, I was looking at the weather and you're like, we have four or five days of this potentially, maybe even longer. And, and I remember telling Jen, like, <laughs> this might get a little heavy. And granted, Jen and I are significantly more blessed than a lot of people out here in Texas. And, and uh, I am forever grateful for the life that she and I are, are, are fortunate enough to, leave, uh, to, to lead and, and live. And uh, so a lot of people out there weren't as lucky as, as Jen and I were, but we got to the end of that stretch and we said, you know what? All right. That's about as bad as Texas is going to give us. And and I kind of feel like that's what the Lakers might be able to look back on and say when it comes to this stretch here for the Lakers. They might be able to say, all right, this season is never going to be as dire as it was over the last couple months, month and a half. And, and, and I thought the Lakers competing the way that they did against Miami tonight, that looked to me like a team that 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 felt like it has some good news on the horizon. Now they might they're probably going to go out and get their asses kicked tomorrow and I'll feel very differently or, or Saturday and I'll feel very differently after that game than I do right now. But this game left me with quite a bit of optimism saying this this team battled and fought in ways that it didn't at the beginning of this stretch without LeBron. And and you know what we don't we still don't know when, when the Lakers might get LeBron back. Jared Dudley said that uh, you know AD is going to start ramping up his on court work, and that you know LeBron is out of the boot, and and he's thinking that it's still a couple weeks away for him. But still, a couple weeks we're sitting here on April eighth. A couple weeks puts you at the the twenty second, twenty fourth ish. You know what? I think we can do we we can deal with that. Like that's <laughs> if the Lakers can get uh, AD back here in the next few games, and then you just gotta try to work out the chemistry between him and the other AD. You you I think there's a little bit more optimism here, and and I thought the way that the Lakers again competed that said a lot. I think about the direction that things might be heading in in terms of their superstars' uh, respective health situations. I it's me completely reading into it. I don't have any more information than uh most of the people who are involved in any of this. But I I I, I do think 
I, it caught my eye how hard the Lakers were playing in this one, uh, given the situation that they continue to find themselves in. So if you're looking for reasons to be optimistic, I think the energy level from this game is is something to really kind of take note of. And and even if the Lakers go out and get smacked around by Brooklyn, which they probably will, they don't have anybody who has a chance at guarding uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, they might be able to deal with Kyrie Irving a little bit. If Marcus Gasol doesn't play, though, I don't really know where much of the offense is going to come from outside of of Dennis Schroeder, and and I don't think Andre Drummond is a particularly great uh, matchup if you're looking for guys to take advantage of the shortcomings that Brooklyn has inside. But still, if even if the Lakers go out and get <laughs> worked, I don't really care. We've made it through, I think, the toughest stretch of the season. We're just about on the other side of this thing. And uh, and that's what I took away from this game, even though I found myself frustrated with the decision that Frank Vogel made. And even though, obviously, it would have been much more fun dealing with these last four to six weeks or so with LeBron James and with Anthony Davis, it's still something to get through times like this. It's still something to to see how far you can be pushed and 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 still stay committed to the goals at hand. And I thought the way that the Lakers played in this one showed that they're still very committed to the goals at hand, which at the end of the day means exponentially more than any of the losses that they incurred over the course of these last this last month and a half or so. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked on Lakers podcast. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Still waiting on more news on on the uh, co-host front. Still going through uh, the process. It's, it's, it takes a little bit longer now that Tegna is involved uh, than it did back when it was locked on Lakers and, and Harrison left. And I just said, I just called up Pete and said, hey, do you want to come on? He said, yeah, it's a little bit more complicated now, but we're still working on it. And I think you guys will, will be uh, really uh, excited about the direction that we're taking this thing. Have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. We'll talk to you on Monday.